Welcome to WARP in Cincinnati. I am C. Trent Rosecrans, Reds writer for The Athletic. And uh, while the NFL draft is over, we are giving our man, Paul Daner Jr., another day to rest. Um, so, instead of the dulcet tones of Mr. Paul Daner Jr., I have the one and only Dan Straley from Korea. Uh, you may remember Dan from the 2006 Reds, uh, the 2006 Reds Johnny Vandermeer Pitcher of the Year winner, um, who, <laughs> as he pointed, as we talked about in here, he had uh, recorded a podcast um, the off season early in 2017 in January, and two days later he was traded to the Marlins uh, for one Luis Castillo. Uh, while uh, that has been a fantastic trade for the Reds, uh, for the Scribes, we miss Dan. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys I've covered. He's such a good dude. Um, I've talked to him a couple times since he's been in Korea. When he was with the Marlins, I would check in every time we saw him. Um, just a quality dude. And so he is now in Korea, and uh, the Korean base, Korea Baseball Organization uh, the KBO kicks off on May 5th with real games, um, joining the CPBL, the Chinese Professional Baseball League, and Taiwan as uh, the two professional baseball leagues in the world uh, playing regular season games here soon. So uh, it was fun to catch up with Dan. Uh, he was at his apartment in Busan, um, and uh, it, it, while the uh, rest of the team was on the road for a game. Uh, it was right before game time, and he was going to watch the game after that. And uh, caught up with Dan, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Dan Straley, uh, former Cincinnati Red, current Giant. Uh, Dan, how how the heck are you? I'm bored, <laughs> kind of like everybody else. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just waiting. We at least have a date out here. We're, we're going May 5th. So uh, I don't have too much more time with boredom, but it's 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 been tough being in a foreign country and without my family and basically having a PlayStation and practice to keep me busy. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of this, but you've actually had practice, so that's got to have been nice. Um, and and like you said, you have a date. What what when you heard that date? What did that do just for your for your kind of mindset? Um, it was like, I feel like I just like in the hamster wheel. Um, we haven't stopped practice since we started in, uh, the, the first day of February. And so it's just been kind of like every day is just hamster wheeling and, you know, go to practice, but what are, we don't have a date. So it's like, we're staying ready for what? And when we finally were told the date, it was like, okay, like you could feel the energy. Like everybody kind of switched, mm-hmm. um, Literally the next day we played a game and like everybody you could tell just was like more excited to be there. Uh, so that was, that was kind of fun. Um, just to, to, to feel that. But at this point, um, yeah, we're, we're just, we're excited that it's safe enough here to, uh, to finally get things going. That, that was a big thing. You guys played inter squad and like they would show those on TV. Uh, how many inter squad games did you pitch? Um, Man, it was probably five, four or five. So were you uh, built up? I mean, where where are you I right was, now? 
Yeah, I was built up to five innings when we were in Australia. And then, and that's over a, like a month and a half ago. And when we got back here, we started back, I think like at two or three. And then just like slowly, like kept going. Like the most I've thrown in a game so far is like 85. Okay. So like we're trying to like, we're trying to like kind of hover around like that, that 50 to 60 range for a while. And then, uh, last time out went like 70. Um, I'll throw in a couple of days. Um, with the plan of throwing around 100, and then once we get our season started, it's uh, quoted from my manager: uh, "We're we're going to wear you out." And I was like, "I cannot, I cannot wait for that." <laughs> yeah, is it crazy? It's 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 one of these things. It's like, hey, in two weeks you're going to be playing. I mean, it's more yeah. or less than that. I think the hardest part's going to be having no energy in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, you know, I've said before, like, it's kind of, you know, it's on the athlete, it's on your player to do this, but we as baseball players are so used to, like, feeding off the, the energy of the crowd, and anybody that's ever played in front of big, crowded stadiums, like, you, it's weird, like, the more noise there is, like, the more you focus, like, it's, it's, it's easier to, like, do your job, and so uh, playing these games with nobody, like, if someone, like, like, drops a water bottle in the dugout, like, you can hear it. Yeah. Like you can hear just casual conversation going on in the dugout, and you're like, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, I'm, the stadium arc my team plays at here is huge, and, like, it's going to be so empty for a while. And it's just going to be different. I think that's going to be a, a big kind of mental hurdle once we do finally get things going. Of course, you, you've played in some relatively empty stadiums. Oh, yeah. No, we've I've experienced midweeks in Oakland and, um, even some of the midweeks in Cincinnati, uh-huh. uh, being a member of the Marlins, um, yeah, I've I've seen some uh, I've seen some pretty empty stadiums. We, we all have, but um, zero is way different than even six, seven thousand. You know what I mean? Like it's right. We call it, we call it an empty stadium if there's seven thousand people there, because compared to the number of seats, it feels very empty. But at least then, like you get some people making some noise and, and I would even mind, like, I don't know if I can understand what they say, but even people just like, just talking smack against you. Like it's something, it's just, it's something to, to, to add energy to the, to the building. Yeah. And uh, I guess you're kind of getting a little bit of that when you did the inner squads and also uh, some of these spring training games or is it even spring yeah. training? Oh um, uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're calling it spring training. Late spring. Yeah. It still feels like our spring out here, though. Yeah. Pitching in 50-degree weather the other night, and that was uh, reminded me of uh, April in Cincinnati as well. <laughs> um, you've had a whirlwind career. This is just another step. It's uh, it's It's been one of those kind of crazy things. that, Of, of, of course you're going to get some foreign time in, because where haven't you pitched, Dan? Yeah, right. The uh the 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 countries, the divisions, just you name it. I feel like I've been there. The uh the one thing that I've I've been proud of is that I was drafted 11 years ago and I'm still pitching and getting paid to do that. Um this is something that I didn't even dream of as a kid because I knew how hard it was. You know what I mean? Like I oh, knew yeah. how hard it was to get to this position, to stay to this position. I come from a family of firefighters and like I thought that's the route I was going. 
Um, and just, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I feel like not a lot of what I've accumulated over time has been anything God given. I feel like it's been like, I was never blessed with, you know, the 97 mile an hour fastball. I've, I feel like that, um, a lot of the, 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 the outs or the talent that I've, uh, that I've gotten has just been from like years of years of, of being hard, of hard work and dedication. And, um, yeah, like the fact that I'm overseas, like it's just another, another part of my journey. You know, there's a lot of teams and I would have loved to have stayed in one spot for a long time. Trust me. We all would have loved anyone would have loved that, but that's just not, that's just not my career path. And like, I'm okay with it. Like I just got to keep going and, and, and keep my head down, keep working. And, uh, that's the only, that's the only way I know how. That's the only thing I know how to do, and so um, it's gonna keep keep going with that route. It, it's funny we kind of you mentioned this earlier. Like the last time you did a podcast for anybody in Cincinnati, you talked to Zach right two days before you got traded, talking about how much you love Cincinnati, and and you did. I mean, and you were you were loved here. Your team loved you. Um, the organization loved you. Um, but yet, that's just kind of no matter what you do sometimes things can always get changed no no fault of your own yeah absolutely i uh i i'm a i'm a big fan i, I collect bourbon in the off season typically yeah um and so being there in cincinnati is definitely a nice spot to be uh for finding uh some of those uh hard to find ones in oregon if you will <laughs> and that was a it wasn't it was kind of kickstarted by my time there, like seeing all this stuff, seeing like the history of it. I thought that was really fun. Um, but obviously it goes way beyond just, you know, being close to like the bourbon trail and all that kind of stuff. Like I just really enjoyed the city. Um, I enjoyed the ballpark. I enjoyed everything about it. I liked being like how close I was to the field. You know, in the past before that I'd been 30 minutes from the field every, every pretty much every stop I had. So it was kind of, it was nice to be right there. Um, you know, we weren't, like we weren't very, we didn't win that many ball games, um, and so like you know, I, obviously they had to make moves, and I'll never forget when when Dick called me to, to let me know that he had traded me. He just he simply said that like that he he wasn't you know he wasn't betting against me by any means. He just he said there's a there's a prospect in there that I really didn't think I could get that I got, and that was Luis Castillo, and he just he felt like he had he had six years of him coming up, and I was just like you know, businessman, like I, there was no hard feelings, no nothing right there. Like I totally, you know, went to Miami and, and, and worked as hard as I could there. But, um, it's just, you, you never know where, like where, where the journey is going to be. Like I could have seen myself staying in Cincinnati for a long time. I could have seen myself staying in Miami for a long time. Like, anytime you go somewhere, like you just, you, 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 I think you just, as a ball player, like hope that like, Hey, like I'm going to be here for a while. I'm going to establish myself here. I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of this thing for a little bit. And, and, and the grand scheme of things for a little bit and be known as one of the winners here. I think that's really what each ball player wants. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I just remember the year that you were here, you kind of came in. I mean, and that was a crazy, crazy bit where you were with, uh, three teams in the, uh, a matter of a couple days, Four right? Days. Four yeah. days. Yeah. And then was like, Oh, you're going to be in the bullpen. Oh wait, you're gonna start and you're gonna be our pitcher of the year. Yeah, I remember uh I didn't pitch for the first six days of that season and just like 
just like waiting, you know, it's, it's, when you're a ball player, like you, you can read writing on the wall, like you get it, you know, like if you're being like honest with yourself, like you can read situations pretty easily. And, um, like I hadn't pitched for a couple of days and each day after the games, I would go into the weight room and I would work out and I would run. And that was when, uh, Brian Price would come in and he'd ride the bike or do some lifting or do whatever after the game, let some, let some steam off. And he, uh, one of the days finally asked me, he's like, what do you, like, why do you, you know, he, he knows I haven't pitched yet. He's like, why, why do you keep coming here and working out? And I was like, I got to stay stretched out for when you need me to start game. And he, uh, by no means am I, is that anywhere in his plans at this point. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, well, you know, we're, you're in the, you're in the bullpen. I need you to be bought into the bullpen. And I said, oh, I'm, trust me, I'm bought into being here. I'm bought into being a member of this team in any capacity. But I just know that I have what it takes to get it done here as a starter. And he just kind of like, you know, we never, it wasn't like this big conversation. Like it was just like in passing. And and then when he called me in the office to tell me that he needed me to start a few games for him, like I just like felt like that was my next opportunity. You know, I'd, I'd spent the year before I was with Houston and I only got three opportunities to start in the big leagues, three games. I was in AAA like pretty much the whole year before. And so like, I just knew this was my next opportunity. And, and we all, we all give the same effort every time. Like, you know, people always say like, oh, you took advantage of the opportunity. No, no. I give the same effort every single time, just that this time everything worked out for me. And you know how it works. If the more success you have in the game, the more times you're allowed to fail before, you know, and, and you're allowed to fail and keep your job. And so that's just kind of the way it works. And so I had a lot of success that year and it really, uh, there was really, it was just kind of a, a little bit of everything. I mean, I think it was, Obviously, I was the one throwing the baseball, but I mean that year didn't look the same if Billy Hamilton isn't diving all over the outfield making highlight reels, and you know that was really kind of like the the I think it was kind of the first big year that Tucker was behind the plate a yeah. lot. I'm not sure. I think the year before he had some split some time, but he was you know he was pretty much the everyday guy, and you know we still had BP making plays, and that was the years you know Joey hit a thousand in the second half and all that kind of fun stuff. So it was just. Uh, yeah, it was a very weird start to the season, and uh, I just I felt like the whole time once I got there that I was going to be in that rotation. I just had to wait it out long enough for uh, um, for, for that opportunity, and you know, just glad that I was able to have results when I was given that chance. And, and you still nearly got two hundred innings. Yeah, what I finished like one ninety something, one ninety one and a third. 191 and a third, yeah, and it was, uh, I didn't really, I really kind of missed the first two weeks because, yeah, um, I, I didn't really throw that much in the first, well, yeah, I only threw, I threw zero innings the first week of baseball and then seven innings the next week. So, yeah, it just kind of took off. So, the, uh, I just remember the whole second half of that season too, like, I was just pitching every fifth day, like, not really getting off days. They were using that for, you know, the prospects, Finnegan and Stevenson and, and, and Cody Reed, but most guys kind of have the extra days to, to be recovered since they were, you know, first time they'd ever pitched that late into a season. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I want every inning, I want every opportunity possible because I'm trying to show that like, Hey, like I have what it takes to get it done at this level because it was kind of at a point, you know, I was out of options and, you know, is this guy good? Is he not good? And so you're just trying to like prove yourself every single time you get to baseball. And, uh, I mean, that never goes away, but like at that point, like that was, uh, I was very, very welcome for every, every single skips day that I, I could get, I would take. You feel like 
I mean, do you, do you still always feel that, that you have to prove yourself? Do you have to prove yourself as a, as a latte giant now? I think, uh, I gotta correct you real quick. Lote. Lote. Um, Lote. No, you're fine. Um, the, uh, everyone says latte and I even said latte. And yeah. I was corrected. And, and what it, sucks it, is I should do that because it's a Japanese company and I've, I took many years of Japanese, so. <laughs> well, we can, you can call it whatever you want, but it's, uh. No, know, no, no, it's, like it's Lote. Uh, You're correct. No, it is Lote, but I'm saying if you want to call it Lote, I mean. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm mad at no, myself. No one's probably going to get mad at you. I am. Gotcha. Gotcha. The, uh, I feel like you, it's not that you have to keep proving yourself over and over again. It's that after a while, I think you just, you become branded and it's your job to perform the way that you always have or better, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the way it starts to work. And so, you know, you look back and at, you just look at any contract in baseball. It could be a big contract and be a small contract. If a guy plays really well, they say he out- overperformed his contract. If he doesn't play well, they say he underperformed, right? Like no one ever talks about the guys that did exactly what they were supposed to do for that given amount of money. And, um, I feel like that, they, yeah, you just, you don't get talked about when you're in that, that middle ground. It's the over and underperformers that get talked about. I think that, you know, just over time, like you just, as a ball player, like it comes with, you know, proving yourself comes with just like not wanting to lose. Like you're just a competitor. You want to win every pitch. You want to win every at bat or whatever the situation is. Like you just don't ever want to lose. And I think that that, um, over time becomes, yeah, like you end up trying to prove yourself over and over again that you, you always have what it takes. You're always at your best. You always just like, so it's really a never, never ending process of, of proving yourself and uh, just trying to just be the best version of yourself every single time out there. Is, is there anything more difficult doing it in a different country? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that uh, any difficulties you would have would be kind of like perceived and maybe made up in your own head. Not really, um, actual difficulties. I mean, I have a translator who's very good. He's worked with pitching and pitching coaches, and he's worked with English speakers. He's also worked with guys who spoke Spanish as the first language, but they had to communicate in English. Like he's had, he's had a lot of experience doing this. Um, and so, anything I say to him, I know is getting through to the Koreans. Yeah. And um, anything they say to me is getting back to me. In a, in a way that I understand it. I mean, that's the biggest thing with these guys translating. It's like there's not a lot of word-for-word translations. You have to take the gist of what you're saying and and, and apply it. And so um, I feel like that that's that's just fine. And there's stuff to learn from them. And, and, you know, I feel like that they have a great coach. They have Hank Conger teaching these guys how to catch and sequence games and call games. And we have a lot of guys working behind the scenes to make it easier on those guys in terms of what pitches to call. And so there's there's definitely going to be a learning curve. Um, you know, I, my first game against a different Korean team was in a spring game the other day, and like I felt like I was playing a group of guys. Like they didn't care where the ball went; mm-hmm. they were just like, "I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna make contact." Like it was like they that was all they cared about. It seemed like it was like I'm diving over the plate. I'm, I'm just, I'm just barely trying to touch it. Like I'm just, I'm just not gonna swing and miss. And. uh it was like a weird style to like try to like face. Yeah. And like learning later that like, Oh, someone was like, Oh, that team is a small ball team. I was like, maybe say that before the game starts next time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there is some like learning curve things to do, like to learn here. 
uh, to it. But uh, no, the uh, we have one of the catchers that uh, I've been working with a lot lately. He's 19 years old. What? And I just learned that. Like I just learned that. Oh, dude, one of the guys I faced in the game the other day is like uh, like a top prospect in Korea as a shortstop. He was in high school last year, and he was playing in the spring game the other day. And I was just like, he was where? Wow. Uh, and, and so, like, you, it, this mixed in. So, yeah, like, we have a pitcher that's 41 years old on our team, and then we also have my catcher that's 19. Like, we have a little bit of everything. Um, and, and it's just crazy. Yeah, one of the guys here, uh, you know, remember, you remember the name John Atkins? Yeah, I know John. He pitched for the Reds. Yeah. So, John, uh, I went to college. John's at Marshall close right. by, right? And, yeah. John's John's cousin was my pitching coach. Well, so John's from John West there. Virginia. He is, yeah. And John played for the Giants in 2008 while I was at Marshall. Okay. And John pitched with one of the relievers here, so I sent him a picture of me and the reliever, and I said, hey, remember this guy? And he just instantly is like, oh, my God, I saw him. What's he doing these days? And I was like, he's still pitching here, and he's just like, are you kidding me? Like, so you get, like, he's the, the 41-year-old. I think that's probably 39 in America, but he's. 39 or 40 in America, but he's 41, you know, here. And, uh, it's just kind of like you never, never would have put that connection together. I know that's really off topic, but like, I just like, it's crazy like that to me that I'm running into some of these people that know people that I've known for that long. Well, baseball is a small world when it comes down to it. Like in this game, we know, like, I mean, you said John Atkins, I know John Atkins. I mean, it's a small world. yeah, and it's the longer you're around, the smaller it gets. Like, that's so true. And I've always thought, you know, a small world, like, yada, 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 something we all say. Like, you know, literally, I'm like across the world, and I know the same people that they know back there. Like, it's just, it, it's kind of crazy how some of that stuff works out. But, like, in a weird way, it makes you feel more comfortable. Sure. Knowing that people that you know have come before you and they're doing fine. You know, it's just like it makes it more comfortable for you to be here. Well, it was, it was funny back when things were normal 17 years ago, it seems. Um, we're, I was in Goodyear, and I was talking to Brooks Rayleigh, and he pitched for the Giants last year. Yeah. And and then he's like, oh, yeah. And, and we talked about those kind of things. It's just kind of kind of crazy that it all just – runs together. And then it was funny, I saw um, the highlight, I think it was your third baseman made a really nice catch. And you had the patented Dan Straley, Billy Hamilton just saved me uh, reaction. Oh yeah, can't, I didn't even, didn't even think of it. Like I didn't, I didn't even know I really did that until I saw the picture. I was like, wow. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was great. It's like, oh yep, that's, that's Dan. Um, what you didn't see was that there was bases loaded and two outs, <laughs> and, and he went diving up. up his, he was playing left field. And he went diving into the line and made that play, and I was just like, "Wow!" Oh yeah, it was the left you. fielder. I yeah, don't, I don't care if it's spring or not. Like, thank you. <laughs> do, do do you find how has it been with your teammates? Just kind of that interaction. I mean, language is of course a huge barrier, but. I guess getting on the field against a different team has to kind of help uh, that acclimation process. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you face your teammates over and over and over again. Like, and after a while, like, you start to own them or they start to own you. And, like, you don't want to, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, mm-hmm. I, I struck you out four times over the last two days. Like, 
are we still friends? Like, what's, what's the deal here? And, uh, but now that we're all like in the same, in the same dugout, literally, uh, it's, it's, I honestly, I didn't realize my team was one through nine, like such good hitters until we all got on the same side. I hadn't seen my team hit one through nine yet. Huh. And like the first game out, they scored eight runs. Um, and then the second game that all the starters played, I think we scored 11. Like, you're just like, I didn't realize, but then they started, you know, really, really like digging into it. And like, we have like a lot of like famous Koreans on our team. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone that follows baseball knows like Lee Dae Ho or Dae Ho Lee, as we call them in America. Yeah. Like they played for the Mariners. Like he's like, he's, he's a very, very big deal here. I mean, he's one of the most famous Korean baseball players of all time. And he's our first baseman and our, our, our DH here. And it's just like realizing that, you know, this guy that's done this for 13, 14 years here, it's just crushed baseball. And like, members of the national team um, multiple members of my team like they hit I found out that they like led their position in batting average over the last X amount of years and it's just kind of cool to see like all these guys come together to like actually try to win ball games instead of just you know how fast can we get through the fifth inning so I can go home right right um, and then that May 5th it starts um, what what is what are you anticipating the most is there anything that, that maybe you're looking forward to the most about that? I'm looking forward to just having game, 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 day off. Like, instead of just, like, game, kind of practice, next day, scrimmage, next day, game. Next, it's just, like, I'm just I'm, I'm just ready to get into season mode. Yeah. I'm ready to get in the rhythm. I'm ready. Like, that's what I've been doing for a decade. And... I'm a, you know, you guys are in the never ending quarantine. I'm in the never ending spring training. And what are we on here? Month where we're about to finish up month three of spring training. What if I came to you and said, Hey, I'm going to roll out a, a, a nice 16 week, uh, spring oh. training for you. Oh, you, you'd just be like, no, I mean, no, it's I'm too sorry. long. I could have normally. Yeah. We, and it's like what, six or seven weeks. And we're like, yeah. oh, by the end of week five, you're like, why are we here? But it's obviously for starting pitchers to get built up, but like it's just, it's, so we're like in this never ending spring mode. Um, and I, I'm just ready to get to some consistency of, of playing, playing games and, you know, playing for something, playing for the win each day and playing for, you know, your spot in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. And so like it's, and our team has a lot to prove. Our team was in last place last year. Uh-huh. And they, uh, so like you could tell these guys, like, they they kind of clean shop a little bit, and there's a lot of new faces on my team. Obviously, I didn't know that. I just showed up and thought like these guys have all been here forever. Like that's not the case. And so, uh, you know, these guys got a little fire in them, ready to to prove themselves. And so, I'm excited just to just to actually get to actual competition. Yeah, and and routine. Like like you said, I mean that's what's driving me nuts is not having a routine. Oh, think about I mean every day. Um, like let's say regular, just regular whatever insert that you're here. The regular season ends, um, playoffs, no playoffs. You, you go home, right? The season ends. Every day at about like two o'clock, I don't know what to do with myself for uh-huh. the first like week or two, because I'm like I'm supposed to be at the like my body knows I should be at the field, getting ready for stretch or my bullpen or whatever have you, and. Like not just baseball players, just humans. We're all used to routine. Yep. Whatever your routine is, like. 
we're trying to teach our son, you know, how to go potty like a big boy. And it's all about routine. Like everything we do is like routine. And it's not just baseball, but like, and everyone's routine was like thrown off because of this. Right. Yeah. And so like, we've just been ingrained since we were little, little ones, like everything is about routine. And so, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone is, but I know I'm ready for it too. Well, and, and, and you just touched on something like how tough it has to be at this time and what's going on in the world and being so far away from your family, your, your wife and your son. Yeah. Like real life stuff, man. Like it, it breaks my heart. Um, you know, they should, they should be out here. Um, and I mean, they could, but I don't think that it's worth putting, like letting them go through the airports and fly across the world and then get here and sit in quarantine for two weeks before they're allowed to come see me. Um, I'm not sure if my wife can make it through that, yeah. but it's, it's hard. And I, I FaceTime my family, uh, first thing in the morning and last thing before I go to bed, because that's the time that they're awake. And there's days where my, my little boy just looks at me and is just like, dad, I miss you. Like, like as, as a dad, like that just like, it kills me. Mm-hmm. And then he just looks at me again and is like, Dad, dad's working. Dad, dad plays baseball. And like, so I know that he understands like I'm out working because he understands that like, like, you know, like we have, to, I think he gets that we have to work. I just think that, you know, before every day I'd give him a kiss and I'd, I'd be, Hey buddy, I'm going, I'm going to work. I'm going to the baseball field. He'd see me that night. Yeah. You know, that was part of our routine every single day. And he would get to come to the field as well and come, you know, come to the playroom, come to the family room during the games. And, and so, uh, but just asking my wife to, you know, be a, a single mom and stay at home and, and she's working as well as a nurse. And so she's, she, she's doing her thing and, um, you know, getting, getting her, her nursing hours in essentially so she could, so she could, cause it'd been two years since she'd worked since our son was born or two and a half years. And so she needs hours anyway. And so she's working her hours in and the, uh, but it just, it hurts man to, to not be able to, to hug and give my family kisses and, and be around them and, and spend time with them. I mean, that, that stuff's hard. Um, I think anyone that's ever had to, to leave their kids and their wives or their husbands and their kids for any, any, any period of time, uh, can relate to that. And I think that that's, uh, just part of it though. As ball players, that's what we signed up for. Um, I was just used to it being 10 days, 12 days max at a time, not, you know, potentially 10 months. Wow. Because I think right now with the extended everything, I think that we're going to finish up early November now that, uh, now that our season's been pushed back. Yeah. A hundred. So, I mean, you guys are going to, the, the plan is to play a scheduled 144 games. Yeah. With Mondays off still. Wow. But the difference is, is like if we have like, say we're like rained out on a Thursday uh-huh. in the past, all rainouts are made up at the end of the season. Um, now they're just going to be made up on Mondays. So like if you have a rainout, you just play the next Monday. So okay. Like enjoy the rainout day because that's your off day now. Yeah. And then you'll play the next Monday. And if you have like two against one team, doubleheader. Like if it's just like, they're just going to work it in. Try to get everybody's regular season done on a certain date. 
And then once the playoffs hit here, like they were talking about like changing it from like best of five to best of three. All the games are going to be played at the neutral site. There's one dome in the country. Okay. So they're going to play all the games inside the dome. Um, so like they're, they're, I mean, they're being really smart about it. Like they just want their full season and, and they have an opportunity to get their full season. And, um, you know, we're just along for the ride as players. I mean, you know how it works. Like we just kind of get told where to go, what, where to go and when to go there. And, uh, so we're just hoping that we're just hoping that we get fans in the games within the next month or two, if everything continues to trend the right way here. So we're like day three or day four in a row of like, under 10 cases, new under 10 new cases in the whole country. So we're at, uh, you know, things are getting better here, but they want to keep them that way. And so they're, they just, they just loosened up a few restrictions. And the reason May 5th is the date is because that's the date that, um, one of the restrictions that allows us to have games like officially is like lifted. I don't know exactly what that language is in that restriction, but that's, it's on May 5th. And that's why we're allowed to start the season then. Do you, do you almost feel safer that you're there? I mean, this is South, South Korea is kind of like the model right now. Yeah, but where I live in Oregon, our county has zero cases at our hospital right now anyway. Oh, that's great. So like, like where, where I, my house, like where I, where I reside, I feel very safe anyway. Like I feel very comfortable knowing my family's there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but, you know, being here, I, I wouldn't say more or less. Like, I think it's, you're still aware of your surroundings. Like, not much has changed since we, we spoke last where, like, still using hand sanitizer, still, everyone's still wearing masks. Um, it's still weird to see somebody without a mask. You do see it now, but like, it's still weird. Um, but like, I went down to, like, walk around one of the markets on our off day yesterday and just hundreds of people down there like hundreds and hundreds of people in this area and everyone's still wearing a mask but like people are just out eating street food and shopping at like the little shops and like doing just kind of doing their thing and um you know we didn't dive into the middle of that i just we were kind of just showing me an area and one of my translators was just kind of showing me the area and whatnot and and uh you know just i'm sure we'd have been just fine to go in there but just, there's no need so we didn't we didn't go but the uh I want to say feeling more safe. I just say like where I'm at, I feel comfortable um, in terms of, of what's going on with the virus and stuff. But that's just, I think that's just kind of part of who I am. I'd feel comfortable kind of anywhere because no matter where I'm at, I'd be doing the same thing of trying to protect myself the best I can. Right, right. Well, um, hey, Dan, I just want to thank you again. Um, that's uh, you, that's a, it was really nice catching up with you. And um, I know you've got – it is uh, Monday night, and uh, you're pitching Tuesday, right? Yeah, it's, uh, what time? it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon here on Monday. Okay. And so you're pitching well, – are, you, are you on Sunday? We're, we're – it's – it's uh, I'm recording this at like 1241 Monday. It's morning. Oh, you're, so you're it's good. after it's Monday midnight. morning now. You're good. Yeah, yeah. So same day. We're on the same day right same now. Day. So tomorrow you're pitching though, right? Uh, the next day. Oh, the next day. So Wednesday. And, or, so you will have a, that and then probably one more start before the regular season? Uh, no, I'll just have, I'll oh, just have Wednesday. You'll just have Wednesday. Oh, you're right. Cause you guys are only, you aren't playing every day, right? Yeah, we're not. So we go like 
Like, there's only so there's Wednesday. We only have two more. Like, we have the 29th and the first. Those are only uh, okay. Only spring games left. And so Adrian pitches here in like 20 minutes, and they're up, they're on the road. So um, starting pitchers, it's kind of like college in that sense. Like, we don't we oh, don't get to go. Oh, like the way they put it. So you're like they're playing here in just a little bit, and the and they and just the four starters that aren't going that aren't pitching are back here. Huh. But that's just for spring games. Once we start regular season, we'll go. But, like, we all met up. I threw a bullpen at, like, 9 o'clock this morning. And uh, then all the other starters went in at 1 o'clock this afternoon to go play catch together. So, yeah, it's a spring training schedule still. It's no different than, you yeah. know, the guys staying back. And uh, so, I'll, but I'll I'll get to watch. I'll watch Adrian pitch here in 20 minutes on TV and and uh, go from there. But, yeah, we got got one more uh, tune-up game, if you will, before uh, before things start to count. And uh, they go on the back of my Korean baseball card. So we'll see what happens. I guess uh, you and Adrian got get pretty close pretty quickly. We do. We're uh, – we're, he lives literally directly above me in our apartment complex. And um, it was – you know, it felt weird the first time that, like, one of us went to the field without the other one. I got there, and he's like, oh, you're here already. I was like, yeah, like we like literally that's how much time we spend together. Um, it's like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. All right, give me five minutes. Hey, I'm I'm gonna go get some dinner. All right, let's go. Hey, where do you want to go tonight? It's like, you know, it's we're uh, obviously put into the we signed up for it, but we're put into the same situation together, and um, we uh, we both got some scooters and we're uh, we're, we're scooting around and, and trying to go find some. We found a Shake Shack and there's on the oh, border. Nice. And Outback Steakhouse is like the primo steakhouse in the country. We found out, so like uh, it's uh, it's a little different, but we're having some fun uh, getting to uh, experience a little bit of uh, the, the the Korean culture, if you will. What, what's your favorite uh, part of the Korean culture? Like, what's your favorite thing from Korea that like you're like, oh, this is something I, I'm going to uh, be looking forward to once I get back? And well, like, is there anything you've kind of grabbed, like the gravitated towards food drink anything like that um maybe the opposite of this it's the opposite of your question but you'll make sense in a second i cannot wait to have a normal trash can again yeah uh there's no trash cans here anywhere and anywhere like at your house even like you everything has to be recycled Mm -hmm. like to them like there's no such thing as trash like everything is recyclable but like so I have like six different bins, like one's for like food waste, one's for this type of plastic, one's for like plastic bottles, one's for paper products, one's for cardboard. I'm just like, it's like a process. And I'm just like, I cannot wait to just like, there's recycling and there's garbage. <laughs> but there's a, uh, this, they always explain to me that like the country is too small to just have trash. Yeah. Like, they can't like literally there's no room for trash so everything's recyclable and uh they that's just the way things work here so i'm looking forward to that in terms of food i feel like there's you go places and they're like oh there's korean this back home and like oh korean tacos or korean this first of all i haven't seen one taco here in korea (laughs) and second of all um korean style stuff back home is like anyone just fries it up and puts like a spicy barbecue on it and calls it korean style like that's just not what they do here um, you know, the, we have restaurants with like menus here. It's like, you know, you go to a chicken restaurant, like you get chicken, that's it. You go to a beef restaurant, they only have beef. 
and they're probably out of the one you want because it's you had to get here at four o'clock to get that one. So like it's just like the the way the the way that menus work, the way all this kind of stuff, like it's fascinating to me. And uh, you know, we've been saying that everything here in Korea is like wow, like wow good or wow bad, but everything here is wow. And uh, the the just looking forward to having like what I'm used to is like a normal restaurant menu or just eat at home, but the so just kind of. And it was a, we already said goodbye, and but that, you know me, I can't stop talking sometimes, and so it's uh, part of the part of the culture here. So regular restaurant menus and trash cans is what I'm looking forward to when I get home. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh man, Dan, I, again, you're the best. I really appreciate it, and uh, best selected. I'm going to be I, well. I think I think the U.S. A lot of people in the U.S. are going to be watching. Um, we've been watching Chinese baseball. We'll be or the Taiwan, <laughs> the baseball in Taiwan. We'll be watching yeah. baseball in Korea any way we can. So, Sounds good. Um, sure, we'll be talking again soon, unless you guys get things going over there. Yeah, you know, hey, we can always talk. Uh, we. Um, no, through the years, um, there, there, there are a few guys that I've, I've enjoyed talking to more and, um, I, I really appreciate it and best of luck, uh, to you and best, uh, to your family, man. I appreciate it. You as well. Again, thanks so much. I will do another correction in, uh, Lotte is a Korean company, not a Japanese company. I, they started in Japan, but I have a Korean, uh, Guy started it and brought it back to Korea. Is there? It's a huge company. Um, I knew it from my time in Japan. Uh, so uh, they also own the Chiba Lotte Marines in the um, NPB, uh, Nippon Professional Baseball, the Japanese League. So uh, that was my confusion, my mistake. And sorry to our Korean friends and listeners. And uh, not as bad as my mispronunciation of Lotte. Um, I do not know how to pronounce, I mean, my Korean pronunciation is not great. My Japanese is usually a little bit better. Um, but, you know, just wanted to make sure I corrected myself. So anyway, next week, uh, Paul will, should be back. Um, we may see if we get something else. Maybe we can get uh, another guest because I've really enjoyed uh, these guest appearances. It's been um, a lot of fun. Uh, but... Uh, Paul will be back. Uh, he seriously, like if you have any interest in the NFL and the NFL draft, uh, the athletics coverage, and this isn't just because they pay me, but like it was so great to watch what they put together, the cooperation between the NFL team um, and the college football team was just phenomenal. And it shows you the breadth of coverage that you get at the athletic Um and so, uh, if you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, I, like, you know, selfishly, I want you to subscribe because, well, it helps me keep a job and that's important. Um, but also, like, for a sports fan, it's unbelievable. And, you know, one of the cool things, I'll just point this out to those of you who read. So, um, a lot of the college writers wrote these things about, like, what are the Cincinnati Bengals getting out of Joe Burrow? I mean, Okay, that's a little too obvious. We all that's been written forever, but on down the line, um, they had these these stories written from the not from someone who's uh, and I can say this as someone who's had to do those stories, and I think I've written some decent ones where you're trying to find out and 
a conference call and some quick internet research and throw it together. No, this is from people who have know these players and watched them many, many times and know what a team is getting out of these players. So um, it was fascinating and uh, just wonderful. Uh, and then the baseball team, we're figuring some stuff out. I wrote uh, about one of my favorite restaurants the other day, uh, Tortilla Garcia, and maybe you can check that out in The Athletic. It's also uh, free and unlocked for everyone to read um, on The Athletic. So uh, until next week, I am C. Trent Rosecrans, and thanks for listening to WARP in Cincinnati. Woo! All right. Hopefully that's the last time you have to hear me sing that. <laughs>